Well, I'm excited to be chatting with both of you. I'm sitting down here with Pastor Gabby and Pastor Andrew. Pastor Gabby, you oversee our youth ministry yes. across all of our campuses, and Pastor Andrew, or Drew, we'll call you maybe both throughout the day, <laughs> um, you oversee our kids' ministry across Absolutely. all our campuses. So excited to sit down, and I'm sure there's a lot of people wondering, what do you do at River Valley? How do you do youth? How do you do kids? So hopefully we can answer some questions here. Mm -hmm. yeah. Probably we'll create some new ones as well. Um, but thank you. And if you could just share a little bit about yourself personally, and then after that, uh, talk a little bit about what we do at River Valley, and then I have a lot of questions for you. So Yeah, awesome. Well, we're excited to be here. Yeah, My name's on. Gabby, like you said. Um, lead youth pastor here at River Valley Church, and I've been on staff for almost seven years, which is crazy to think about. I say this a lot, but I grew up in this youth ministry, and so I started in sixth grade as a mm -hmm. youth student. It's fun to be a part of a church where my husband and I, both growing up in the youth ministry, I mean, we are direct byproducts of a church that believes in raising up and sending out the next generation. So my husband and I, we've been married for almost six years. We have two kids, a two-year-old, and he's almost three now, and an almost one-year-old boy and girl, Bracken Sailor. Buddies. They're Absolute buddies. buddies. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and it's fun. We're doing youth ministry right now, and it's a joy to be able to lead the youth department. Um, we do Wednesday night youth ministry, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. We do quarterly events like revival nights. And really, we're focused on building biblical knowledge, competency, and influence within students. And so we're aiming to do that with our Wednesday nights. We're aiming to create powerful, influential events for students to encounter the presence of God. And we are excited. We're launching a new core group for youth ministry called Youth Plus here in October that will run on Sunday nights to really dig deeper into biblical competency and give students a biblical worldview. So that's a little bit of a look into what we're doing within youth ministry and a little bit about myself. And it's cool. I mean, when I first got here, gosh, it would have been now three years, um, I got the chance just to work alongside Gabby in youth ministry. So that's part of where yeah. I began my journey at River Valley, but more so just even just here in this new season, um, it, it was it's so cool to see how Gabby's been leading um, this team and just the vision that God has not just given her, but like ultimately I think um, our church as a whole. And it's so cool to see the, um, the universal desire to see the gospel like spread throughout all the world um, yeah. in our youth. And it's something that I just get so excited about. So um, for me, um, being in to kids ministry now for a year almost. Well, what about um, you? Get, your wife's going to say, you didn't say, mention me. Yeah, for real. Kids. Um, and she's <laughs> like, did you tell people how cute I am? Yes. So yes, my wife, her name is Bobby. Um, she's incredibly, um, she's incredible. Um, she's, um, she's a nurse practitioner. Um, works in the medical field, um, has um, now for, gosh, better part of a decade. Um, and we've been in a couple of different places. She is from the state of Wyoming. So she was a barrel racer as a kid, wow. um, cool. or a barrel rider. And then um, now we have a son. His name is Benaya. He's three and a half. Um, he's um, our family. We've got a bunch of different like nationalities or backgrounds. So he's learning Spanish, German. My mother-in-law is from India. So he's learning Malayalam at the same time as well as English. So if you, if you hear him talking, wow. he's speaking Our in tongues. Our kids ministry is insane, <laughs> like, bro. For real, We're right? teaching five languages. Five. Five. Awesome. Let's be honest right now. My favorite thing though about him is that he still hits his head on walls for fun. Sure. You know what I mean? So I don't, yes. I'm not in a space where I'm like, oh man, my kid yeah. is, you know, um, it's just, just a product of our environment. And that ultimately has helped shape, I think, 
even a lot of our experiences or desires in kids' ministry is how do we essentially, the question we're asking is step into, how do we step into an environment where our people are, right, or anyone we're trying to serve, Mm -hmm. and essentially educate and empower the parents to have um, the influence that God that God has already designed them to have mm-hmm. in their in their kids' lives, um, and so a part of I would say the driving force behind um, kids ministry right now truly lines up so well with what youth is doing and our next gen um, department in general. Um, truly about developing biblical literacy, under biblical knowledge, like competencies, like what does that look like yep. um, in a kid right now. Um, I think the the value that we've been finding is um, it's easy to look at a child and say, you know what, they're not ready yet. Um, they're not ready to hear this. They're not ready. But ultimately, in many ways, they are. Mm-hmm. Um, my son at age two understood that when I hurt myself, like I stubbed my toe, like whatever um, so many of us do. And if you're expressive like me, the world knows it. And uh, <laughs> my son came up and wanted to put his hand on my toe to pray for it to be healed. And at age two, if he understands that, Right, that's something that yeah. we're establishing. Like, what more yeah. could he learn? Right, and so what we do at, in um, in kids ministry right now, we focus primarily in um, empowering the family. So, what's a more holistic approach? So, we have our weekend experiences that are specifically um, tailored to the age of a child. It's age appropriate. So, from preschool, elementary, obviously our, our newborns, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have weekend experiences. We have midweek experiences. Um, right now, we're launching. A a midweek experience that's focused on the biblical, like ultimately on the fundamental doctrines of our faith. It's called We Are. Um, and so that's a big part of what we're doing right now. And um, we're also launching um, small groups for parents where we're like basically doing pilot programs across our uh, across the church for our parents to be able to speak into the process of, are we truly feeling educated and empowered to parent our children at this time um, in history. That's great. So that's just a few things what we're doing here. That's awesome. I love that I get to chat with both of you because both of you have somewhere around, give or take, you know, a dozen youth and kids pastors that are at all of our different campuses. And obviously there's some support staff and teams that serve your different ministries as well. But you get to see your ministry implemented in a lot of different contexts. And yeah. so we have our Apple Valley campus, which is our broadcast campus. And that's the longest standing campus. Pastor Gabby, that's where you're typically at on a a Wednesday. Um, But then we also have new launch campuses that are portable and a campus in downtown Minneapolis and campuses Mm -hmm. in more rural areas. And so talk about how as as you guys are developing, I'm excited to talk about Youth Plus and and We Are, um, but talk about how you have seen some of the things you've implemented maybe work or not work in context and kind of what lessons have have come out of that? Yeah, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. You think about multi-site ministry, and we're one church with multiple locations, and so it's the constant balance and tension of what needs to be implemented across all campuses within youth ministry, and where can campuses have more autonomy to do things that they need to do for their context. When it comes to our Wednesday night model, we try to create a service structure that is built almost through a funnel of the values that we have for how students engage with Mm -hmm. the presence of God on a Wednesday. Those values, that ethic, that flow will be the same across the house with all campuses. That funnel, when a student comes in, we want across every campus for that student to walk away 
saying I had an opportunity to build community that was authentic and life-changing. I had an opportunity to encounter the presence of God in multiple different access points and areas. And I had an opportunity to talk through the questions that I'm wrestling through in my faith. And so when we create that service flow, when we create a Wednesday night model, the structure will look the same across the board, but then you will have youth ministries contextualize that a little bit differently according to their context and their Mm -hmm. campus. At our Apple Valley campus, there are small group structures and games and worship sets that work for 300 students in the room. But then you go to our newest campus, Maple Grove, that is in the midst of launching a youth ministry with 10 students coming to a small group setting. Yeah, and they don't have a building. They don't have a building. So that looks completely different. So what Apple Valley gets compared to what Maple Grove gets, they're going to get the same the same message, the same service template, and the same values and ethics that we expect across the house, but they'll contextualize that differently. So Maple Grove, they will walk through that sermon and that lesson in a small group setting. And that small group setting is still hitting the Mm -hmm. same outcomes, the same value. It's still creating space for the presence of God to move in authentic community. But we're not going to do a blown up service like we would at our Apple Valley campus with 300 (laughs) students. Yeah, I mean, if you had a band at Maple Grove, that would take up six of your 10 kids. And so only there's actually only four that aren't in the band. Yes, yes, (laughs) totally. That's the size of my youth group growing up. That was it. That was it. Six on the stage. It's a guitar. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Right. It's awesome. Drew, what have you seen in kids? Like how? how, And obviously you you took this role, like you said, you transitioned from youth to kids. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things you've seen in the differences? Yeah, um, I think it's it's honestly brought, I think, a very well-rounded perspective on essentially how do we not just transition, like, um, or like, how do I change it? Nuance um, our ministry mm-hmm. um, format or shape to the environment, but then also how are we building bridges to ages and different demographics? Um, for example, I know we've mentioned like location, size, but even like the demographic of the people, like directly. Um, uh, impact even the implications of a phrase that's utilized in one particular context or the next. And so um, the key that we have found is developing, number one, awareness. Mm-hmm. Awareness to where you are, awareness to your environment, awareness to your people. And in that, our awareness has helped inform um, the level of essentially like nuanced freedom we have um, in our different spaces. And what I mean by that is like, we have some things just like youth does that like these things won't go away. Like we believe that some of our values here or for us anyways, that worship is key. Like, so we're always gonna have a worship component. Now how that looks might be different, but the worship component's gonna be there. A global component is gonna be there. Mm -hmm. Um, The communication of the gospel is gonna be there. And then small groups and and these uh, like these four, and others, like those will always be there. But um, how do we essentially take this is like, this is the script, this is what we're looking for everyone to run with. Or, like, or do we say, hey, through your awareness, how can you inform like how you ask this question? Can this question change and be like transformed to really meet people where they're at? Mm-hmm. And so one of the like with regards to awareness, the other part that we've highlighted then in order to do that effectively is communication. I mean, we've all been in places where communication um, is just it just sticks with 
the person, right? Where it doesn't really happen um, like in the front end, it happens usually on the back end um, or even never, right? So almost where you almost have ships in the night where everyone's trying to run with the same the same program, if you will, or the same ministry model, but everyone's doing it differently and no one knows. And so one of the keys that we found is very valuable is saying, listen, if you're committed, you communicate. If you're committed, you communicate. What are you doing? And let's celebrate what is, what's happening. So in that way, it's been really fun to watch um, the the shifts that are taking place, like at a Maple Grove, mm-hmm. that is a launch, um, where the parents actually feel, in some ways, um, they feel like their response and their feedback to what they feel like they need at this point is actually more frequent than you would have at a more well established campus, because at a like something that's a campus has been around for much longer. Um, it's always been this way, or to their understanding, it's been like that for years. And so, but for someone at Maple Grove, this is brand new. Well, hey, what about information? What are the mm-hmm. things that are coming? You know, so it's cool to see this give and take of how, like Maple Grove, although vastly different, can in some ways inform change um, at a location that is much more established, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, it truly has created, I think, a vibrant and dynamic ministry concept. Um, that um, I believe as we continue is is going to really um, help redefine um, in many ways how we do ministry. Yeah. yeah, I love the scalability there. And I also think for for people listening, maybe thinking about their next-gen context, even if you're at one location, right? Well, having two small groups, now you have that, that new challenge where you can't be leading both of them. Right. And so what are the values that you want that leader to instill Great. in people. And again, maybe their context is going to look different. Maybe you can oversee a couple groups. Uh, but I love that. When, when, when you guys think about change mm-hmm. in, obviously, we have these models, we have these opportunities, but you know, here at River Valley, we always tinker around and change things up. And part of that is I think we, you know, for those of us who work at Central especially, we like change a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like, ooh, let's try this. Let's see if that works. <laughs> um, and not at the expense of people, but in, in goals of of making it a better experience for them. Great. How how have you seen, you know, both of you in newer in, yeah. in the role that you're in, you've, you know, gone through it in different roles. How have you thought about implementing those changes. So if somebody maybe is hearing that going, oh, I love that. I love that value-based system. I love the contextual change. I'm going to do that. Well, you can't just do it and flip it over. I mean, you could, but you probably wouldn't keep your right. leaders. What are some of the ways that as as you guys have taken these roles over these past couple of years that you've started to implement change in a way that is a little bit more sustainable? Yeah, that's a great that's question. Really and I think when implementing change... There's certain change that will happen across all campuses that can be quick. And there's other things that change that it's a much slower What's an <laughs> slower example of progression. Like a quick change? So I think about a quick change could be, hey, we're hearing feedback from every youth pastor that the way in which we're doing like announcements or our game, that transition point or the way we're doing it in service isn't quite working great. Can we make tweaks to that? That's a quick tweak. Then you might get feedback of, hey, we need another discipleship model, sure. like Youth yeah. Plus. Hey, <laughs> yeah. it feels like... Let's add it are, tomorrow. Let's do it. Exactly. Yeah. And when you add a whole nother discipleship model, well, now that impacts 
our production teams, our worship teams, our comm team, mm-hmm. every youth pastor, yeah. every Even spouse, every yeah. kid, every mm-hmm. schedule. That's going to be a slower change that's rolled out wow. over time. And so there's going to be things that happen fast, things that happen slow. But when it comes to change, I think it's important, especially in multi-site ministry, but with any team, to have people together in the same room in a, in a consistent schedule and pattern and way. So for us with our youth team, every other week we're having a youth connect where every youth pastor across every campus is coming together to meet. That builds unity. We're sharing wins and shout outs. We're praying over different campuses. We're also receiving feedback on things that are working and not working. We're talking about things we want to build out and getting every youth pastor's input to go, what are we seeing as consistent patterns across the house in our youth ministry that need to inform the change that we want to make mm-hmm. centrally yeah. to every youth ministry? So that way, when a change is rolled out, we've built it together as a team. Mm-hmm. So then when we're running with it, everybody's bought in, everybody's unified, and people are going, this is a need because I'm seeing it consistently across the board, and yeah. we're watching patterns happening over time that speak to the fact that this needs to be tweaked or this needs to be changed. How often are the youth pastors meeting then with their volunteer youth leaders? Mm-hmm. Is that every month, once a month? Yep, or? every four to six weeks we okay. do a youth leader meeting, and that youth leader meeting takes a similar model to our youth connects. Youth leaders are coming together. They're sharing wins and shout outs. They're sharing what God's doing in the ministry. They're praying together as a team. We never want our volunteers and our youth ministry to come in and feel like they just come in and serve 6 to 8.30. They don't know who they're doing it with, and then they leave. We've told our youth leaders this might be one of the highest levels of commitment with time and expectation than any serving team. But that's because when it comes to youth ministry, you are becoming one of the most leading and influential voices in a teenager's life. And so we want to develop that well. We want to encourage you in that. We want to support you in it. And we want you to know you're doing it alongside a team. So youth leader meetings every four to six weeks. And in those meetings too, we'll talk about small group development or how do you navigate these conversations with students Mm -hmm. or what questions do you have? And we get feedback from youth leaders as well in those meetings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The reason I ask that question is I think there's a lot of, probably a lot of youth pastors, you know, nodding their heads right now in their car or wherever they're listening that they're like, okay, I'm a volunteer and I'm not paid. And then I'm working with other volunteers. Mm -hmm. And so it's like to hear you guys get to connect with all your different youth pastors. And that's a luxury. I would challenge that to say, there are youth pastors in your city, in your area. Maybe you need to have a once a month mm-hmm. connect with them to say, hey, how are we yes. you know, doing this? That's your youth connect. Yep. And now y- your own one is for your 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 youth leaders. Yep. And then maybe you, if, if you grow to a point where there's too many leaders that you can manage, now you have a, a leadership team of volunteers and then they have people that they lead. And so I just think, you know, sometimes when we listen, we're like, oh, well, we, we make excuses and I'm, I'm not on, here to, yeah. to put anyone on blast or anything. Right. But I do think that you can take the concepts that we're learning with mm-hmm. paid staff and do it with other youth pastors, to do it with other teams. And, you know, we try to u- utilize volunteers yep. as as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because, I mean, when, when you're leading a ministry of two or 300 people, that's going to require dozens and yes. dozens of volunteers. And so I just wanted to yeah. share that, per- that maybe that perception of like, oh, I can't do that. I'm going to tune off. Yeah. But I mean, we received that feedback even from youth leaders at times of like, man, but Mm -hmm. I'm volunteer. How do I do this? And that's where it's like, hey, can we tag things on to strategically do these meetings, but also speaking to the value with youth leaders to say, hey, here's the value. Here's why we want you to be here. But because we also value your time, 
come to our second service Mm -hmm. at our Apple Valley campus, and we're going to feed you lunch immediately after, and our youth leader meeting is going to be 12 Mm -hmm. to 1, and here's childcare for people who need childcare, and how can we help alleviate that? And I think Mm -hmm. for volunteer youth pastors, one, volunteer youth pastors are my heroes as they're serving, pouring in um, to the next generation, going above and beyond. But can you get creative in those meetings mm-hmm. to tag team it onto something else so that it doesn't become stressful, but it's also highly valued for mm-hmm. teams? Yeah, it's so good. And I think, too, being creative in that mm-hmm. to say, okay, maybe our church doesn't have a budget for lunch, but is there somebody, yes. is there a, a business in the community where you could say, mm-hmm. hey, we have a youth leader meeting at this local church. We don't have a budget for it. Would you be willing to sponsor one meal a year mm-hmm. for our 20 people? Yes. So like right. most restaurants probably would say yes, Absolutely. you know, but you do one a year and you go 12 different restaurants and you do that. You know, it's like yep. be it. creative in, in that way. Drew, talk about some of the things in kids, you know, mm-hmm. implementing change. Totally. There's a lot of changes that are happening right there now. There are so many changes happening in kids right now. there's such a strong foundation there too where you're like we don't want to rock the boat talk mm-hmm. about that yeah you know the word that ke- um that kept coming up i wanted to speak to that is create creative i mean when you're creative i think if i could de- like distill the definition down it's simply just problem solving like are you coming up with right. a solution sure. like coming up with a solution to the challenge that you face you don't have to like you know, the idea of creativity is like oh like painting or you know what i mean like i don't i don't have all these ideas well can you problem solve Great. you know can you be a problem solver and um, I think one of the keys to that, like, so part of my history, I was a bivocational youth pastor for nine years. So I wasn't paid to be in ministry. Um, so I worked multiple jobs to do that. And that's literally the way that we have to do it. You have to run that way. If you don't run as, hey, I want to be a problem solver, then we get stuck. And I remember there are definitely times in, in, in that season of my life where I did get stuck. And I needed people to what you talked about as far as um, that are in my community or that are peers that maybe aren't even affiliated with my church. They're like, hey, how are you doing? Like, come on, like you can do this. And speaking to who I am to remind me. So I certainly hope that if there's anyone in this that are like, that feel discouraged, they're like, man, these ideas are great. If I had this or if I had that, no, you have two hands or you have one hand. You ultimately, more than anything else, you have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit is the one that will give you the ideas, the creativity to problem solve. And for us in, in kids, like one of the, like the balances um, that we, I think, navigate really well is what our priorities are. And in order to bring about change, you need to remember where your priorities sit. Mm-hmm. And one of the phrases that just keep coming up, I heard someone say this to me years ago, and we utilize it now, it's we're more committed to people finding their shape in Jesus than filling a space in ministry. Great. And if we want people to find who they are in Jesus, mm-hmm. then when we speak to them and we're helping them, we're asking them to be involved in certain ways or you know, bringing in this commitment level and even many times, like even the accountability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is It brings a value to the fact that, no, 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 we're not just trying to get you to fill a, fill a void. You're not just a warm body that's just right. there waving with a name tag on. You are someone that is a viable part of this ministry Ministry, not because of what you can bring to the table, but because simply because of who you are. Great. And that's truly the body of Christ. And so if we're committed to that, then there needs to be an intentionality with understanding who people are, yep. right? So if we know, like, for example, like change for us in kids right now, like 
there, there literally, there are a ton of different initiatives that have been taking place in the last nine months as I've been in that we will see the fruition of many of those in January. So just one year from being in, and like God is moving in incredible ways. But what can you give us a sneak um, peek of any of them? Maybe a couple. <laughs> okay. um, we, I give you a couple of them. One would definitely be um, brand new curriculum. Um, we are um, we are aligning or unifying our curriculum for preschool and elementary. So our parents, when they go home, the whole thing about educating um, and empowering our parents, when they go home with at, like their um, the content that the kids will be walking home with, it's going to be the same verses, the same the same topics. So their parents aren't going home saying, "Okay, I need to learn what my kid did here and what my kid did in here." Sure, they're able to essentially like instead of learning like the new math or the new curriculum, they're essentially, yeah. "Oh, this is a unified." Um, perspective. Another thing that we're... And sorry to interrupt. Yeah, go is ahead. That, is that that's something that we're writing ourselves? Yes, we are. Yeah, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll mention that too, just for those listening, if they aren't aware, on mm-hmm. uh, through Life Church through Open Network, we actually make all those resources downloadable. And yeah. Every, right. every month, like, I mean, it is thousands. Throughout the year, it is tens of thousands of people are downloading our kids' curriculum, which wow. is wow. crazy. So anyways, as we develop yes. new curriculum, for those who've already that's downloaded amazing. it, we have new stuff coming out. Get if you've ready. not done it, uh, you can find that on the network site uh, mm-hmm. on resources or on open network as well, yeah, but jump just a plug to it. Yeah, I yeah. love that. So, and it's really a joy to know that um, being like us, like us working. You know what I mean? Uh, here is supporting people mm-hmm. all around the world. I mean, what what better gift than to be a part of the body of Christ in that way? So truly, it's it's a privilege for us. So curriculum. Um, another thing is just simple ideas of how we align and connect with um, the church as a whole. So. Right now in kids, we have we use soap, which as a church, we focus on soap as well. Um, so scripture, observation, application, and prayer, this daily Bible reading practice. And with that in kids right now, what we're looking to do is um, we have established one of the very valuable ideas was sem- essentially from a kid entering to, into kids ministry, by the time they graduate or transition to youth, they'll have read through the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. Love that. It's beautiful. It's it's super cool. But one of the things we've realized again is if we want to educate and empower parents, why couldn't we allow a parent's revelation from what God is showing them in that day to translate to a conversation with the kid or with their children going through the same thing? So um, starting in 2023, SOAP will then align with like what's happening with the, with the adults in their daily Bible reading plan right. as well. Um, other things, just an intentionality with all of the different series that we have at our church. So there are series that um, ultimately will change, you know, sometimes given circumstances or even like just in a couple months, just depending on what God is doing in our leadership. And I'm so grateful for that, um, that we are allowing the Holy Spirit to continue to direct us. There are some, though, that are that will never change. Mm-hmm. Christmas will never change. Easter will yeah. never change. Yeah. Like miracle offerings. So for like kingdom builders, that won't change. But there are others as well throughout the year. And what we've done is we've now taken all of our curriculum and we're aligning as much as possible so with the series that's taking place in the adult auditorium. Again, a parent's revelation translating to a conversation at home or in the car. Um, So those are a few. There there are so many others. But with um, with these, we're focused on if we find the the people's shape in Jesus, then we know where they sit on the bus. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and not only are we saying, "Hey, we want you to, like you, we would love for you to be a part of it in this way." Essentially, our team is informing where they sit. Yeah. They're informing the role they play. 
Um, we all know this. Teams, no one is the same. Mm-hmm. There's someone who's an idea person, and there's someone who dies on the inside when right. you ask, "Hey, what's an idea?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, with that being the case, we want to make sure that we're um, maximizing the character development and personalities of our team, as well as our team, our serve team members. Right. Yeah. Um, some are serving in small groups, um, but really, they would love to be behind the like behind the desk running the slides. So it's like our conversations, we're consistently um, interviewing our team members, consistently interviewing our people, our parents, de- determining what the needs are. And because of that, I believe that weigh-in equals buy-in. If a team is able to weigh in to where we're going, to weigh into even what something looks like, yeah. the buy-in, like I think, is, is the... Um, the galvanizing agent that mm. changed needs. Right. Yeah. So with like with our like different initiatives um, and changes that are coming, we build trust through essentially going back to what we mentioned in the beginning: awareness and communication. Great. Mm-hmm. We're aware of who one another is, mm-hmm. and we value that, and then we communicate awareness and communication. So with those two principles, kind of like essentially being like leading from the front. We're then able then, I think, to establish a more clear trajectory mm-hmm. um, in our ministries. But ultimately, I would I, maybe I want to be so bold to say as well as a trajectory in each one of our paths with Jesus. Great. Totally. Oh, that's so good. I think, and I think both of what you guys shared can apply to both kids and youth, young yeah. adult. Really, I mean, really all areas of ministry, mm-hmm. even you know, adult discipleship too. Um, the thing I'd love to end on here is quickly share like what is something that you're looking ahead that maybe you're that, that is still spinning there's obviously a lot of ideas that here's what we do here's what we're we're going to do mm-hmm. but what are the ideas spinning it's not just pastor terry that has ideas that are spinning we have them too <laughs> um although i'm sure many have listened to his episodes as well um but but what what is something that maybe is just like this is a thought that's spinning in my head mm-hmm. about youth kids next gen in general that's great. A couple things that are spinning in my head right now, which is why we're launching a new discipleship model, mm-hmm. is are our small groups on Wednesday nights truly discipling students in their biblical worldview and just in competency to live out their faith? Or is it right now kind of magnified relationships, but there's not biblical discipleship happening? Mm. And how do you measure that? Like, how do you how do you measure those things on a Wednesday night. And with students right now, One Hope Kid just came out with, it's a great organization and ministry that resources churches. And they came out with some statistics that say 4% of students who are saved have a biblical worldview. Wow. And that has been what has been rolling through my mind, and it bothers me. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at our youth ministry going, is this actually discipling students into the Word in our small groups on Wednesdays, or is it not? And how do you do that when you in your small group have a new student who has no idea on who Jesus is, and you have a core student that is baptized in the Holy Spirit, leading the way, feels called in a ministry, <laughs> right, yeah. and you have a leader trying to disciple both for 20 minutes on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I'm processing through, how are we discipling students? Mm. What does discipleship need to look like for River Valley on Wednesdays? And is Wednesdays actually the model to do that? Sure. Or does it need to come through a different model, yeah. like a Sunday Night Youth Plus? I'm also processing through... 
Um, how are we vocationally discipling students in what they feel called and led to do? Sure. Um, how are we teaching and training them as to what it means to live on mission and live for your faith when you go into the business world or as an entrepreneur or even for students right now who feel called into missions? How are we vocationally discipling that and breathing life into that so that when they graduate and go to school and, you know, enter into the workforce, <laughs> right. they have been discipled and are standing firm in their faith going, no, I was already influencing and leading the way at 12, 13, 14, 15. I know how to continue to do this and live out my faith now. So Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Man, I think that um, it really aligns in so many ways. And just you know, some of this stuff, like we obviously, Gabby and I, like, we didn't talk a lot about. And it's so cool. Like what you're bringing up is one of the questions I'm processing is this version of um, Christianity, like have we created a playpen? essentially mm -hmm. for our for our children for our people to essentially develop and to grow in and then when they like um in kids ministry as they transition to youth like are we preparing them you know in some ways they then go into like high school or middle school and they're being exposed to things mm -hmm. um that um that ultimately are much different in some ways than elementary like right. are are we preparing them like in a good way, are we exposing them in the proper in the proper ways to be able to handle the challenges that are coming in middle school and and high school, and then even thinking beyond, like as as Christ followers in general, are we developing our people to be able to basically get outside the playpen? You know what I mean, and still like hold to the truths that are there that have, we have tried to teach them, or is it just safe in the playpen? Does that make sense? Yeah. So like we need like how do I basically as a, not a how do I, but how does the church, the capital C church, begin um, to bring in appropriate and valued um, perspectives That's and good. training that essentially like equips our people, not just to be a good Christian inside the walls of a building, but essentially a vibrant Christ follower yeah. in all of the world. So, yes. um, and, and so with like that question still just like, just continues to echo in my mind about how do we do that. Um, I think that the the final thing that I would say I'm just just stewing on truly is priorities, right? Prioritization. Mm -hmm. Like, are we prioritizing the right things in our environments? Mm -hmm. Are we prioritizing the right things? And if if we are, then how do our actions show it? You know, it's easy to say, oh, like someone says, you know what, I love my family. They're my number one priority, but they're never home. You know right. what I mean? Or sure. like, I've, like I've heard this once thing, someone saying, oh, I love my wife, but there's no relationship. There's nothing sure. there. It's that there's a difference be, 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 um, between us saying, oh, we prioritize, like even in kids, we prioritize um, self-discovery and, and essentially like even worship, but do we do our actions sure. really prove that? Yeah. So I'm looking at all of this through like a magnifying glass in some ways, but then trying to take the time to almost zoom out and look at globally and see how these challenges um, really are being in, like in being um, approached and um, even responded to in a global way. Yeah. You know, it's like I always say, actions speak louder than words, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Come on, Logan. <laughs> you can attribute me to that quote to me. <laughs> Um, well, thank you guys so much for being on here. I, two things that I'm going to ask you guys to do. Um, Gabby, I'd love to record a video about Youth Plus that yes. we can put on the network YouTube channel and just say, hey, here's mm -hmm. what Youth Plus is. Here's how we do it. Love just it. a little bit dive in there. And then, Drew, as January comes, as we can release some of the more of the things that we're doing, would love to uh, record something as well about here's
teachers, how we implement the curriculum. And then I'll also have Josh put in the show notes of the episode, the link to download any of our youth and kids resources Great. as well. Amazing. And so thank you guys for sharing this. I'm sure it won't be the last time, but it was awesome. Thanks, Thanks for, for having time. us. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Super fun.